This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Welcome to this next episode of the Parenting ADHD Podcast. I am Penny Williams, and I'm happy to be with you today. And we're going to talk about making friends and keeping friends when you have ADHD. This is um, the first in a series of listener questions that I hope to tackle for everyone who listens here on the podcast. So, We have a listener who said, my son is really struggling to make friends. He's struggling to keep friends. And I wanted to give you both some insights on why that might be happening and then also some strategies that you can use to help your child have a better social experience. So first, let's talk about why a child with ADHD would struggle to make friends. And there are many possible reasons. Um, The first is that especially kids who have the hyperactive or combined type of ADHD and have a lot of hyperactivity, they can be kind of overwhelming. You might have even noticed this yourself in talking with your child um, or being around your child that they really... um, are very active. And for kids who aren't that active, it can be really overwhelming. Um, They might also talk really fast if they're hyperactive. And so that can be somewhat of a stressor or strain for their peers, um, because they may not be able to process and keep up that fast. And I know that some kids who talk really fast tend to kind of bounce around in the conversation, because their brain is going so quickly and one thing leads them to think of something else that leads them to think of something else you know they're they're off chasing the bunny down the rabbit trail and that can be hard to follow if you are a peer um, trying to interact with that child And, you know, from there, that can be um, frustrating. It can be a stressor. It can be a reason that another child may try to stay um, away and and keep their distance from the child with ADHD. Another reason that sometimes our kids struggle with making friends is that as they get older, that gap in maturity is getting a lot better bigger. So in kindergarten and first grade, kids are all kind of, you know, bouncy, happy kids for the most part. And they're not really seeing a lot of difference between themselves and the child with ADHD. But the older that the neurotypical child gets, the more that they're maturing. And they're maturing at a neurotypical rate. Whereas your child with ADHD has a developmental disorder. You know, ADHD is a developmental disorder. So they are lagging behind their calendar age 
in their developmental age. And this is typically two to three years or as much as 20 to 30% behind. That can be a big difference when you're talking about kids maybe in fifth grade. Um, Your child with ADHD might really socially and developmentally be only second grade level and fifth graders you know are trying to be mature they're about to go to middle school they're wanting to be independent and and just completely different than they were during the elementary years and so that's a big gap you know you wouldn't often see fifth graders and second graders at that age gap really connecting well with each other so when you realize that about your own child with adhd you realize that they very well may be really behind and just not connecting with their peers because they're just not in the same place. They're not in the same level of maturity at all. So that's another issue that could be at play if your child is struggling to make and keep friends. The other aspect of that is that many kids with ADHD, and especially kids with autism, but this goes for kids with ADHD um, as their primary or only diagnosis as well, for a lot of them, they just... um, are very concrete thinkers and they don't have a wide or future perspective. And so they really only think about one way at a time. They're not seeing that there's a variety of options in a situation. And so what happens is they come across looking like they're very bossy, right? They look like they are always the boss of their social interactions. They're always telling people what to do and how to do it. And it's not that they're intending to be that person at all. They don't even recognize that that is what it looks and feels like to their peers. And this was something that it took me a while to really understand about my own son. I just thought that he was very bossy. You know, that's what it looks like on the surface. But what's really happening is that they're only seeing one way. If they have, say, to play Monopoly in their mind, that's what they want to do. That's what they're thinking about. Their brain really hyper focuses on that thought and it crowds out any other thoughts and possibilities. And so they're not thinking, oh, my friend might want to play something else because the only thing they can think about is Monopoly in that moment. They're not thinking that, oh, my friend might not want to play Monopoly because they only see the option of playing Monopoly in their mind. They don't see how it could be anything else. Even if they recognize that maybe no one else in their group wants to play Monopoly, they still can't see anything outside of that in that moment. And this is a skill that you can work on with your child. It can develop and get better. One thing that we did to combat some of these kind of issues was to create some social rules for our son. For instance, when you have a friend over, your friend always gets to choose what you're going to do together first. 
your guest always gets first choice. And that has worked really well because when someone's coming over, we can talk about, oh, what do you think your friend might choose to play? And you also talk about what happens if your friend wants to play something or chooses something that you are not interested in. And this is where other friendship rules can come in. In a friendship, it's give and take, right? In a friendship, sometimes you get to do what you want to do, but sometimes you give to that other person. And in giving to that other person, you're allowing them to choose what you do. And you're going along and you're doing something that you may not have really wanted to do. But that's what it means to be a good friend, right? These are the conversations that you can have with your kids around these social rules and social interactions so that they're bettering their skills and doing better with their peers. They're having better, more successful, happier interactions with their peers. Um, Another reason sometimes that kids with ADHD don't make and keep friends very easily is differences in interests. You know, a lot of times kids with ADHD um, are the more quirky kids maybe, or they have interests that aren't typical for kids their age. Part of that has to do again with their developmental delay and the fact that they are behind um, in development and maturity. When kids start getting older, they want to do more mature activities, right? And so when your child is behind in development and maturity, they're not yet interested in some of those higher level activities. And so you have some differing interests that you're also trying to deal with and manage in those social interactions. And you know, when your child can only see one way and everybody else wants to do it differently, then you have poor lagging skills like frustration tolerance that are now coming into play as well. So now, you know, everybody else wants to play soccer and your child wants to, you know, pretend to be a bad guy trying to catch or the good guy trying to catch the bad guy, the cop or whatever, um, or the superhero that's trying to prevent the bad guy from succeeding at something. And, you know, the other kids feel maybe like that's babyish or they're just not interested in that sort of imaginary play anymore. And, you know, that can be very frustrating to your child when everybody else in the group says, no, they don't want to do that. They're going to do something else. And your child doesn't want to do that other activity. Your child doesn't want to play soccer. Maybe they don't like it. Maybe they're not good at it. Maybe, you know, whatever the reason is, now you have this contrast in interests that can be very frustrating. You know, our kids recognize when they're being left out, they recognize when they're not fitting in with their peers. And so then you have this frustration and anxiety that's building in those situations, which can easily cause anger and aggression. So now maybe the child with ADHD is angry and lashing out. He might be or she might be calling the other kids 
bad names, um, throwing things at them, breaking things, storming off, you know, lots of different behaviors that look like maybe they're a bad sport or they're um, throwing a tantrum because they didn't get their way really are more often about emotions and lagging skills in regulating and recognizing and communicating those emotions appropriately. And now your child is getting kind of a reputation, right? They're getting a reputation for acting like a baby or wanting to do um, activities that younger kids would normally do um, or never wanting to let somebody else choose what they're going to play at recess. You know, all of these things start to build up for their peers around them and they get this reputation of being difficult or um of being, you know, not easy to get along with, of just not wanting to be around them. And of course, as their parent, you know that they're a kind, sweet kid. Um, You know, it's not about that. And so it's very hurtful to see our kids go through this. It's very painful. But these are some of the reasons behind it. And I think it's really important for you to be capable of addressing this issue in an effective way to understand what's causing it, to understand where there's lagging skills that you need to help your child develop, to understand, um, you know, that disparity between where your child is and where their peers are. That then helps you create these environments where your child can succeed socially. So one thing you can do, um, it's kind of common in some areas. It may be hard to find in smaller towns, but there are social skills groups that you can join. They're usually run by therapists. Sometimes they're really geared more towards kids with autism, but they would totally work for a child with ADHD as well. And so they bring kids together who are having similar social struggles and they work on those social skills. They build skills in these in these get-togethers. And I think often, you know, kids also make friends um, because they're meeting with kids who are more at the same place developmentally. So Sometimes they even make a friend that they can keep outside of the group as well. That's kind of, you know, one way of sort of treating, if you will, um, social skill deficits. Um, Another thing that you can do is work on social skills at home. Um, There's a whole series of um, social thinking books by Michelle Garcia Winner that are fantastic. Um, There's Social Stories, Social Fate, which is kind of like a comic book or a graphic novel for for older kids, middle school, maybe young high school. There's also um, a whole series on Um, building social skills for younger kids. And most of really her materials are geared a little towards younger kids, but they are fantastic. And they are written in a way to help you as the parent to really work with your child with them and implement it. It's not something that you need an outside professional to help you with. And I will link to all of these in the show notes for the episode. They will be at parentingadhdandautism.com slash zero four zero. 
So those are some ways that you can build skills. There's also some board games that are designed to help kids build social skills and social interactions. Another great way as a parent that you can help is to talk through things. Um, kind of process them out loud with your child. It could be things you see in a TV show or a movie. It could be, you know, situations that you see out in public on the playground or um, at, at the grocery store or something. You know, by talking through the good things that happen that they've seen and also the negative things and then talking through with them and strategizing on how something might have gone better and and this too helps with taking on the perspective of others which is another struggle for our kids with ADHD a lot of times having the perspective of the other person it takes more time for them to develop that skill so these are a lot of ways that you can really build skills for social skills with your kids but one way that I think is the most effective at really helping our kids make friends and and to have friendships relationships that are kind of true friendships if you know what I mean they're really um, bonded types of relationships is to get your child involved in areas that they're really passionate about or really good at. This can be a myriad of different things. You know, kids who really like animals and cats and dogs could volunteer at a rescue. There are lots of kids that volunteer in that way and they could then make friends um, with other kids because they have that similar interest. It helps to kind of overcome all that other stuff that we've already talked about. Those things that make it really hard for um, our kids to connect with their same age peers. When they have a similar or shared interest or passion, that often really helps them to, you know, kind of overcome that hurdle, that barrier, you know, those, those social interaction skills aren't as important in making that connection anymore, because they have this passion or interest that's helping them make that connection. It could be um, that your child is into video games. Mine is. A lot of kids are. There are gaming clubs out there. There are robotics clubs. That's how my son finally made some really solid friends was in seventh and eighth grade in robotics club. This one was run by our school. It was an after school program, but I see them in a lot of cities all over the country now that are for the general public. They're um, kind of franchised robotics programs and people run them in their own um, communities. And that's a great way for kids to connect, especially kids who are like really into math and science. Robotics is awesome for that, but it's also awesome for the kids who are really into technology. You know, it's a way to show them other aspects of technology um, if they enjoy it and get into it. Um, for younger kids, there are Lego co- clubs, there are Lego after school programs, um, there are even like electronics classes for young kids, and then the creative arts, as we've talked about on a previous podcast episode here, I believe episode 38 with Kim Beeman, that 
You know, the creative arts are a great way for kids to connect with each other because it's a similar interest. Um, I see it a lot in theater kids. They really bond and um, get attached to each other pretty quickly um, just from the dynamic of working in theater and um, acting and comedy and stuff in that way. Um, But the same is true, you know, if your child is really into pottery, get them involved in a pottery class. They, you know, will have easier interactions with the kids around them because they already have a similar interest to talk about. But then even further, they are also building skills when they're in these situations. When your child is going to Lego club, they are meeting kids with similar interests, but they're also building those social skills in a way that is more available to them because they've already connected in one way with these kids, it's easier for them to then work on those skills. Whereas maybe at recess on the playground in their class where they're less mature and they're developmentally behind, they're not connecting at all. They're not getting the chance to interact and work on those skills like they would if they... um, if they had these opportunities where they had similar interests and they already had some connection. You know, for kids who are into sports, um, teams can be good as long as they're with um, kids who aren't all like super devoted. I find that, you know, on team sports, some of the kids are really, really devoted to that sport. It's everything to them. And that typically shows a sign of even greater maturity, like beyond their age. So you have a kid who's above the level in maturity, and then your child's below that level, and that gap is even bigger sometimes. So just to be careful and thoughtful about team sports in that way. But also, you know, there's individual sports where there's still other kids and where the kids aren't always the same age you know in soccer and in baseball and softball they group them in teams by age but on things like swim team you'd have a variety of ages and so there might be kids a couple years younger than your child that they really connect with in that way but the you know the real overarching goal here is to create opportunities where your kid can be successful, where your kid can make some connection so that they can build the skills that they're lagging, so that they can learn how to make and keep friendships. Um, you know, on that aspect of trying to keep friendships, that um, is often a struggle for kids with ADHD. Um, for all of the reasons that we talked about, and that kids struggle to make friends, sometimes they're able to make the friends, but then, you know, their friends find that they're overwhelming or that, um, you know, they go too fast for them and that they're not chill enough. Um, you know, there's there's ways to work on those things as well. But really, it's mostly about finding the kids that your child really connects with, finding the kids that are at their developmental age, but maybe not their calendar age, finding kids that are really open and accepting of each other because they have really similar interests and passions. Um, 
You know, all of these things are really the key factors that are going to help your kids make and keep friends. And you can help them in these interactions. You know, often we had friends over to our house. We did not, um, a lot of times my son did not go to other people's houses. If they wanted to get together, we invite them to our house. And, and you know, he's in high school now and we still do this because he's most comfortable at our house. He knows what to expect at our house. When he gets to someone else's house, he's really outside of his comfort zone. The anxiety goes up, the behavior deteriorates, you know, it's just an environment where he can't succeed as well. So he often invites friends over and they, you know, bring their remotes and their games and they have some gaming time together and, and pizza and, you know, just things that really help them to connect with each other more. Um, your kids will get there. Like I said, my son didn't have a real true friend until seventh and eighth grade. One day he looked at me in the car and he said, mom, I actually have real friends now. You know, the ones who come up to you in the hall because they want to say hi and they want to talk to you before you even saw them there. The ones that you don't have to run after and try to get their attention. And of course, I broke down in tears when he explained that to me, but it was so monumental and and it was so beautiful and it was something that we worried about for so long. So do what you can to help your kids, but understand they'll get there. If you're giving them those opportunities and that support, they will get there. And when they're younger, they often don't recognize when other kids are blowing them off. And, you know, it, it's hard to watch, but there is some blessing in that in that they don't realize that people are saying that they don't want to be around them. And so, you know, they get that little sort of cushion to their self-esteem when they're younger, but just continue to provide those opportunities and support them and work on those skills together. And your kids will make some solid relationships, some solid friendship connections and really benefit from them. So that's it for this episode. Please check out the show notes at parentingadhdandautism.com slash zero four zero. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD podcast with Penny Williams. If you like what you just heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit the website parentingadhdandautism.com for so much more on successfully raising kids with ADHD. Be sure to check out the podcast section as well for previous shows. Join us next time for more parenting strategies and insights that actually work for kids with ADHD.